Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniatures gaming podcast. So do you ever go back and try to watch like 80s and 90s movies and TV series? You're like, oh, yeah, I heard of that. That was like super popular. And then you, you start watching like, a few minutes of it and you're like, hmm, this is slightly cringe. <laughs> Have you ever done that lately? <laughs> this is definitely from the 80s and 90s. Uh, was, not well, lately, but uh, I have done that, uh, and I actually have a couple that I hope will actually hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've never held up we'll every see. time I go back. <laughs> I'm really like, I should never, I should just stop. People just mention uh, movies, like, oh, this movie's a classic, you can go and watch okay, it. Okay, I got one. I got one that I haven't watched, and I shouldn't be admitting this. But I haven't watched this classic movie from the oh maybe it's from the seventies I think it's from the eighties mm-hmm. uh, that I haven't watched is Alien the first one I've only mm-hmm. ever watched a couple clips from it and then I watched Aliens Aliens the sequel so oddly before watching the new Blade Runner I went back and watched the like the original Blade Runner and that was okay so I don't know maybe yeah. there's a few things that hold up but for the most part like your run of the mill <laughs> yeah. stuff it, uh-huh. it, doesn't like your yeah. unless stuff. unless everyone still is watching it right now and is constantly saying how good it is like Die mm-hmm. Hard, uh, it's not going to hold up. For example, Die Hard Two is not going to hold up. Yeah, yeah, no. Someone has someone will come up with some rules of what's worth going back to and what's not. But uh-huh. in preparation for talking about this, I was trying to figure out how to go back and figure out what was going on with like war gaming in the eighties and nineties. Because you know, with movies and TV, you just like. You can just click on it and it'll play it for you. It's the same thing. Yep. But obviously, we weren't so much doing so much in the wider wargaming world then to get an idea of what people we were, were doing. And yeah, yeah, we were kind of tiny. <laughs> and our budget for wargaming was tiny, and our ability to travel yeah. outside of our neighborhood was tiny. However, so, mm-hmm. the wargaming tables were large. That's the impression and I got. Yeah. That is our topic for today, is uh, wargaming tables and how they have shrunk over time. Yes. So, I don't know, I was trying not to make this all about GW, because obviously <laughs> there were... GW didn't just create wargaming out of nowhere. I was, like, looking sure. back through some older stuff, and there was, like, some people writing about skirmish wargaming in the 70s. So it's not like, ooh, skirmish wargaming is all like the, the latest trend. It's like, mm, well, it was named that for like 50 years. So even though it's the big thing now, it's like, oh, okay, we didn't just come up with yes. this. But it, it languished away uh, back then because apparently the bigger, better. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get straight into it. Before our time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you go way, way back... You had like Kriegspiel, right? Which everyone traces wargaming, tabletop wargaming too. And that was played on apparently a giant like table that had sand for terrain so that you could change the hills and elevation and stuff like that. Uh, and then, the, but the actual like advent of how we play it right now is like Little Wars by H.G. Uh, Wells, right? And he played that like in a field, right? Because you played with tin soldiers, mm-hmm. right? So, from our current lineage of like mo- quote unquote modern <laughs> wargaming, uh, the the tables or or the terrain that people played on seemed to be just like as big as possible, right? Yeah, as I got much the, space as you could afford. 
you got the impression people were like before GW started pushing sort of Lord of the Rings inspired stuff in 40k that people were playing a lot of historicals wargaming and they were going for realism on it so they're, they wanted their little toy soldiers the right number of paces yeah. apart so you just yeah. found a lot of pictures of very very big tables and as you know like in war the the battlefield is basically infinite right it's the world so mm-hmm. so if you could if you're trying to model realism the bigger the the field, the more you can model in your game, right? And the more accurate you could be. Whereas when you suddenly put bounds on it, just like, you know, in a video game, it kind of shrinks the world and and takes away from the verisimilitude. Yeah, and maybe their technology to produce really good miniatures at super tiny scales wasn't there, so they weren't playing, like, 8mm, which probably would have made sense if they were trying to play some sort of mass battle thing, but... Mm-hmm. You know, if they're just making yeah, a little... At, at a certain point, yeah, they became just like chits on a board, right? But when mm-hmm. you're talking about actual miniatures, like you said, with, with act, actual modeled miniatures, there's a minimum size. And then, in that case, battlefields were huge, especially when you're... Well, not all of them, but the ones that people love to play, like Napoleonics, seem to be the big one, right? Yeah, my impression was the game companies, people who were making the games, weren't the same people often as the people who were producing the figures, so there wasn't some sort of consensus, that, oh, we need to shrink the figures or we need to like use this size. Like, well, here's your figure. Here's the number of paces. Here's how big the board gets. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's boats as well, which were quite popular. Apparently, uh, armor class from Dungeons & Dragons, right, which is a uh, sister lineage to, I guess, truly modern wargaming, right? Uh, AC comes from like armor class of vehicles, right? So like your AC is supposed to be 11, whatever to, to 20, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you call it. And it's armor class is weird to talk about an individual person's armor, right? Okay. But it makes total sense if it's a ship, right? The armor class mm-hmm. of the ship, right? So, so uh, yeah, so you know that's that's and now you're thinking about ships and you're talking about the ocean. And they fought over huge swaths of area, right? So again, giant kind of tables. But as things go on, right, and, and you get more refined rules and things start start becoming more, I guess, commercialized, you could say, or at least more codified, right? The idea of not just having, you know, people play very, very vaguely with uh, almost like an, an, an RPG kind of like way where you're just trying to model things out with whatever you have at hand with your, your with a bunch of your buddies. Uh, the actual kind of, uh, you know, rules would have actual general sizes to tell people, like, if you want to get into this game and you've never played this at all and you have our rules and oftentimes our minis, right, with with a lot of these uh, these uh, uh uh, companies, they start actually giving numbers. So, do you remember what the original, or, or I guess it's before our time, but did, did you ever look up what the original size of, of games like Warhammer or Battletech, which is the, uh, I guess, the kind of games that we played? Well, from looking at uh, what the size Battletech, of what it is, Battletech Classic was something like 8x4. Like, I've never played that, and I only think of the iteration of Battletech as having hexes, but apparently it had, Battletech had quite a huge board at one point. Okay. And then, 
Warhammer, the original one, was it? It was also eight by four, right? I think that might have been eight by four for big battles. For when when we got fantasy. into it, it was eight by four. So that was second edition. So maybe first edition, you know, and Warhammer Fantasy. I think eight by six was also a common size. You okay. can kind of see that eight by six is probably as big as you can get while having it as a table where you can play without having to walk onto the table to get to the middle of the board. Are you putting two right? kitchen tables back to back or something at this point? Like two big I have tables? No idea. I they must have built their own tables. Like an eight yeah. by six. What is eight by six? Yeah. It sounds oh. like eight by six is literally just the size that you can uh, you can make while you know it fits in a room still. Still, still yeah, fitting in a room uh, like a big room too, right? Not modern mm-hmm. day rooms in an apartment. But eight by six in like I don't know a club room while still being able to reach the center of the board. I think six inches wide. I guess technically you could do twelve by six, but like six inches wide, you know, reaching three inches, three feet on one side, and then having to go around the table to reach three feet on the other side. That's basically the maximum that you can have. You can't have eight by eight, can you? That's that's way too big. No one yeah, will like, be able to reach the center of the board. Oh my, like, how do you even put this on a vehicle and move it? <laughs> like. Once it's eight by eight, what do you what do you have? Like a flatbed truck to move your table? Like, you don't move your table. It's permanent. Mm-hmm. It's a permanent fixture, right? Because again, our hobby is you know from the UK, so I have no idea. I guess we should have done better research on the the ancient history. Well, uh, I tried to, but it's, I tried to, but it was it, like I said, it's easier to go back and watch a movie than it is to figure out what people were doing in the eighties and nineties. So it seemed like it was it was less stringent too. You know, a lot of those people are still alive. I guess we could we'd have to do our own independent research and like call people up and try to interview them. We'll get around to it at some point. Well, I figured they also, without the internet, were just operating their own like small communities and deciding what they were going to do. That one person's not going to be able to tell you what the wider wargaming world was deciding on. So yeah, but. In any case, seems like 8x6 uh, was the advent before we got into Wargame, which is already like... 8x4? 25 years ago. Um, we got in at 8x4. Mm-hmm. And something, I think, happened. I believe it was 3rd edition, right? I think so. By 3rd edition, they were alre- they already Warhammer, which is the biggest game. I guess 2nd edition exploded, right, everywhere. Uh, and... Uh, when we got in, uh, by the time we had, you know, were in our teacher, teenagerhood and having a lot, lot of armies and playing like that, uh, it was already starting to shrink to six by four. Yep. So that's a huge shrink. And do you have any, like, we could technically play because we lived in Canada and our parents had were also into ping pong. So <laughs> we basically would take over the ping pong tables as children. Uh, and luckily, ping pong tables are, you know, can fit. Actually, the ping pong tables can fit uh, 8 by 4 Oh, yeah. That's why we f- could play 8 by 4 Yeah, they're 9 by 5 so you can play with a little bit of extra space. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe war games should be 9 by 5 and just replace it, as a, and then everyone just switches the ping pong tables. Yeah, it's great. Right. Yeah, Got yeah. But we table. had 8x4, so you had like a strip around the edge, right? That you that you could place models or guys that died and stuff like that. So uh, to be fair, we never finished a game, so we don't know if it was actually uh, a good a good size format. No, maybe people had more patience back in the 80s and 90s because they had no internet and like streaming services and stuff to just keep we them had, jumping from. Yeah. 
one thing to the next thing. You just had to sit there and wait for the TV to give something you wanted. So maybe you're just willing to sit there for a whole day. But still, we had all day and we still didn't finish these games. So Yeah, that, so to be fair, we did have patience in some ways. We did play all day and we'd have sleepovers and play all night sometimes. And we still would not finish a game. No. But I wonder if I if we were to like hover over our childhood cells, we would be like, what, what are you doing running around in the middle of this game and throwing dice at each other <laughs> or fighting with whippy sticks, right? I'm not sure we're playing five minutes edition. later. Don't roll. Go upstairs, get some uh, chips, and then like watch a little bit of TV. Come back and start roll the extra dice. I have no idea how it took us so long to play those games. I don't know. Even fifth edition still took me forever when I was playing <laughs> when you weren't playing and like. Yeah. You can barely finish, like, trying so hard and still. Oh, oh, in a night? Or did you guys have to sleep over as <laughs> 20-something-year-olds 20 just to finish the game? Oh, I don't know. I think it was, like, a whole afternoon, like, five hours. Okay. Fair enough. And during 5th edition, it was 6x4, uh, right? Yep. And actually, 6x4 lasted a very, very long time, right? As we kept on playing, we actually, by the time we moved on, and I think if you've listened to our podcast about our our gaming history, when we finally realized there were other games uh, in the miniature gaming hobby besides Warhammer and Warhammer 40k, uh, they were still using 6x4 boards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so we went... I, because we went back at one point, if you listen way back in our podcasting, we tried Full Thrust once. It was from the yep. 90s. And that That's also meant to be played full-size. You played that on a 6x4. So yep. that was... Uh, Alpha Strike, I just bought... Ooh, mm-hmm. I have the visually show. Look, just bought this book. Yes. So this is uh, the full Alpha Strike Commander's Edition book, so with all of the extra rules and stuff. Which is supposed uh, to be the scaled-down version of Battletech? It, it, it's actually somewhat scaled down in, uh, what do you call it? Bookkeeping? Uh, in, in bookkeeping, so that they mm-hmm. could scale it up in miniatures and stuff. Yes. So well, it plays on a 6x4 table. So honestly, That's like, the thing. The so scale- they want you to, you know how we mm-hmm. talked about it before, where, like, the way that I would play, I, well, that I have played Alpha Strike is much smaller armies to make it just quick, right? Whereas... Mm-hmm. Alpha Strike was came out so that you could play it with like way more guys and then play it with a giant board, which is good for the game maker because they want to sell you miniatures. If now it's not someone selling miniatures and someone selling rules, they want to sell you as many miniatures as possible. If you're playing 28 millimeters, big board, lots of miniatures, it's good for them. It's bad for you as a player being able to get the whole thing on the board. But. <laughs> yeah, I, although I, like I said before, I do think Alpha Strike scales relatively well over a certain size so you don't actually need to play it by 654 uh but that's what they say you should play that well it has, um, it has your weapons that are built to certain lengths as well like if the game mechanics have weapons that go out to 72 you're like well i guess we should have a 72 inch available on the board so you can't fire past 72 if you yes. fire diagonally from one corner to the other hey, hey we so your infinity. longest range weapons can't go across the board but we've talked about many times verisimilitude makes no sense so, because technically even modern weapons, modern uh, long-range weapons can fire kilometers, which just cannot scale. Although Alpha Strike is 1 to 280-something, so I still feel like that doesn't scale. 
to come Yeah, Alpha Strike is no longer but, Battletech with Hex. Hex is so it's not just a simulation. Like, <laughs> no, it's really here. Yeah. But anyways, the, the point is, all the games at that time, even the ones that were a little bit more streamlined and sim- stuff like that, like you said, uh, full, thr- full thrust. It? Full thrust? Yep. Full and thrust, you only play with a couple, mi- even fewer miniatures, right? Mm-hmm. But you still are supposed to play on a 6x4 board. And technically, the original uh, Warhammer 40k and even Second Edition had a lot fewer models than the 40k that a lot of the people who will play right now remember, right? Yeah, Arm- like- Arm- we had definitely under 50 models for each army, right? I would say so. Yeah, like Battlefleet Gothic they came out with. That was 90s as well, wasn't it? Not not 80s? Yep. Also 6x4. Like yeah, isn't it like six ships? I don't. I never played it. I just saw uh, our mm-hmm. friends play it. Yeah, I've I seen people's armies yeah. up for sale, but that's about it. I think it's under 10 models per side. And still 6x4. So, uh, uh, when we ended up moving on to another game, the next thing was War Machine. Right, we played War Machine and Hordes. This game is now still still technically alive, but they changed, and they're like, "Well, why do you need a six by four board? That's so big, right? In terms of length of a table, that doesn't fit. It's just really hard to to fit a lot of those tables in." And they changed it to a four by four board. Yeah, the weird thing is they were still trying to get you to play with a lot of miniatures on the board, so it could sometimes feel like you didn't have much maneuvering room. So I feel like they were still coming from a space where they thought you were going to be playing a big army game, but they wanted to bring it down just to make it more accessible. Yep. So you have a 4x4 board, and uh, honestly, just changing from 6x4 to 4x4, I was blown away that it was definitely big enough, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with the ranges that they had. So they didn't necessarily... Honestly, they also had stunted ranges, Weapons definitely were much shorter than they should have been. But uh, in but, general, I thought that it was... Yep, go on. Yeah, like guns that barely that fired as far as you could walk in one movement. Yeah, that's that's how War Machine worked often. Yeah, the longest gun <clears throat> was one and a half times faster than uh, really fast how fast someone could run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that was like a sniper, right? And so you're like, well, that's a little bit weird. But, uh, yeah, so, but it actually worked in terms of gameplay, right? You could maneuver, like, outflanking, I guess, was a little bit harder, right? Mm-hmm. But in terms of the gameplay that they had with, you know, little zones and things like that in the center, so you technically just can't outflank people as much uh, because you need to control those zones, right? The kind of gameplay they had, it kind of worked. And this was actually a, a is quite a popular type of gameplay and mission design, that a lot of the 40k games and those kind of the lineage of those type of games uh, wanted, right? You really just wanted your cool toys to smash against each other. So you created games where and missions where that was uh, the That's main what you score the points for. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so the optimal play was for your cool toys to smash against each other in the most optimal way in the center, right? Mm-hmm. And with that type of thing, you end up if even if you had a four by six board, you wouldn't use it because everyone's just colliding in the center, right? And so it's kind of a waste. And shrinking that down, right? What is the strength of of shrinking from six by four? 
to 4x4. Well, it's, it's technically a lot of the same thing as the 8x4 to 6x4. To, to it's mm-hmm. just easier. It's so much easier to play. Yeah, if you want to have troops that are like super fast in comparison to some troops that might have a third of their speed, then maybe having a bigger board is going to show that off. But if that's not really one of the main aspects of the game, and you're playing with mostly just dudes walking around, then I don't know if it matters too much. But if you want to have a big contrast with like guys on bikes or guys on tanks moving really fast, then maybe maybe that six by four makes sense for when you're showing up with like tanks versus people mm-hmm. versus all people. Yep. But the four by four with a lot of these games ended up working really well in that kind of scale, right? When mm-hmm. you remove vehicles, right? Exactly. Vehicle speed, right? Where you're supposed to trying to outflank them with vehicle speed. Uh, or you have, I don't know, artillery, which technically doesn't even make sense to be on, on the table for both sides in a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, one, a, a one-on-one uh, battle. Um, the 4 by 4 I think, worked really, really well, right? War Machine, you just have these, instead of having tanks or, or bikes, you just have uh, robots, right? So mm-hmm. mad, like, walkers, which in that case, having that 4 by 4 table kind of makes sense and in terms of the limitations you don't lose that much yep so yeah and i guess the bigger thing is when uh i when we played right when we switched over and we would you know my kitchen table is i think it's it's less than three it's 33 by five feet Mm -hmm. so what i would do to play the six by four games is a big much I had to build an actual frame that I would put on top of my actual table so that I could mm-hmm. put then the boards on top. So you need a table. Would... So basically a table yes. on your table to build the table. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was just such a big pain in the butt, right? And this was my kitchen table, right? So I'd have to pack it up and and and, and uh, build it up and pack it up whenever we were, we were playing, right? And the other thing is the amount of terrain we needed. For, to fill a 6x4 was a big pain in the butt. Yeah, we basically had like chunks of styrofoam packaging that had to be painted to make yeah. things that were the scale. It's like, well, this is an exercise yes. game when you big terrain. So I'm just trying to take yep. chunks of styrofoam and just cover them in gribbles and paint. Which, yep. I mean, now that I'm older, I would know how to do it properly. But it would probably still be the nice same too. technique, honestly. Yeah, like, for yeah, sure. This is, this is a piece of styrofoam packaging, but you know, yeah. I really went to town on this. So yeah, it's just but just actually doing it. So we've yeah. been playing for like at at that point like 15 years or something. So we had built up enough terrain. But if you're trying to get into a game and try to fill up a table at home, because uh, you want to play with your friends and you're trying to build a six by four table, mm-hmm. that's a lot of terrain. And even if you buy the terrain, that's still a lot of terrain to paint. Well, even if you look and, at their like books back from the '90s of like Games Workshop tables, they weren't using their own terrain. Like that was too much money for even them to stage a, a table of their own stuff. They were just home brewing things. Yeah. yeah. So just all of that effort, it was just a lot, right? Moving to four by four, that counts out one third of the the terrain that you would need to fill a table with and still have it look cool and have everything be interesting without without there just being a giant like dead zone right or a kill zone or whatever Mm -hmm. and so we're still playing four by four games to this day in fact every monday 
because uh, it's now been quite a while, but Infinity uh, is 4x4. And you want to talk a little bit about Infinity and why it works as a 4x4 and why why there was been more table deflation, or is it deflation? Yeah, because smaller, right? Table shrinkflation? What? Yeah, shrinkflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that, or...? No, it's just because Infinity doesn't have like that many models on the board, so you're so it's kind of okay. It's the same yep. thing like with Malifaux. Has Malifaux always been three by three? Yes. Yeah, because Malifaux doesn't have a huge number of figures on the board. It's fine like that. Like once you're just okay with cutting down the number of guys on the board, mm-hmm. smaller board sizes work just fine. So. Yep. So I guess this goes along with the general rise of skirmish games, right? Mm-hmm. When you have skirmish games and you no longer, like you were saying before, have vehicles that need to drive around and tanks and things like that, right? You have a much smaller scale. Suddenly you don't need a board, a giant board to make it feel full or interesting or have, have your models be able to maneuver around, right? Yeah, and you're not, you're not trying to scale different weapons against each other. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. there are there aren't really snipers in this game. We'll pretend that thing's a sniper, but in reality, if you're not playing with snipers or artillery or tanks, it's just guys with mm-hmm. guns or guys with like bone arrows coming up against each other. It's perfectly fine to have like a four by four table or even smaller. Yeah. And the thing with uh, Infinity, you right now. So when we started playing, it was what ten to twenty models, basically. Mm-hmm. Generally, it was fifteen to twenty models, right? Yep. Uh, when we started playing. Um, so with 15 to 20 models on each side, you still, I, I've never played a game that had so much maneuvering, uh, because you could do the, the Ramboing thing, right? Mm-hmm. But you could still do it on a four by four board, because if you only have 15 to 20 models, you only have so much presence. And once people start getting removed from the thing, you can't control the entire board. And so the ability for someone to sneak around you and collapse your, your flank, mm-hmm. uh, work really well right and it still worked fine on a four by four board you had more than enough space yeah you can still play you can still play a maneuvering game on a board like that as long as the game Mm -hmm. is set up to do it yep and now the game is basically 15 models and it it works fine in that that kind of instance right uh it's kind of interesting they tried to somewhat upscale the game with uh Mm -hmm. recently with reinforcements right which uh, asks you to instead uh, play 350-point games. But they kind of tried to work around that without making the the board too crowded by uh, basically not having you have all of your units at the same time. So you only... Yep. It's an interesting way to try and work around it, that you want to sell the people miniatures, but you're just like, yeah, don't put your whole army on the table at once. That's... It's an interesting way of yep. getting miniatures to, in, into people's pocketbooks, but not filling up their table too much. Yeah, and so that allows them to keep a smaller table, right? A lot of the people will say, like, you know, with games of trying to have, have the tables be bigger, is that you need it so that you can fit your armies on, so you can have a certain level of epic gameplay. Mm-hmm. But you can often resolve that by... Uh, like keeping the same epic gameplay by having reserves, right? Which come in later on, right? And actually, Infinity does that also with maneuvering because they have guys who are parachutists and drop guys who can go 
all the way around the table and come in later on on the side of the table or on the back or something like that. So you still have those feelings of flanking without actually having a guy way far out on the other end of the table where there's no one and then just seeing him maneuver and every slowly turn. come around outside yeah. of range of their shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically when you're playing it on the 4x4, there's like a focus on saying that this is where the action is, right? This is the center of the action of the table. And there's technically guys on the outside, but when do they come in? And and actually, uh, Warhammer 40,000 does the same thing with uh, a much... There's a lot more units that you know can um, deep drop, mm-hmm. yeah, deep strike in, and they can just deep strike in nine inches away from someone, right? So they can do this exact same thing, right? So you don't mm-hmm. necessarily need the the size of, of the table, they just start coming around outside of what, what your central battle thing is, right? And so with that type of thing, when you're when you're saying, you know, you have a, a certain size of, of your table, you can technically, if you think about that, you could even shrink it even further, right? You would just then say anything outside of, let's say, a smaller three by three mm-hmm. are reinforcements, right? And of course, you'd have to, you know, this is with a hypothetical future game, but the same kind of thing you could be doing, right? As shrinking the game, making it easier for people to, you know, uh, play the game, set up the table, have the terrain that fills everything out, uh, and actually get these games on the table with while still maintaining that epic type of feel. Yeah, because very few people I find can actually put together a good table of terrain. It's It's totally true. Everybody has the idea, but but getting it on the board is another thing. Exactly, right? A lot of the times, uh, people buy the armies, and they don't think about the terrain. Mm -hmm. And so when they get on everything done, right? Let's say they even painted their models, and they did that. Just Just having to stop and say, oh, crap, I need to then buy and get enough terrain to make the game work. Is another huge barrier. For example, Frostgrave, which is now we're shrinking down one level to a three by three now, which is my current favorite game. Uh, it's even smaller, right? It's a three by three game, like we said, like Malifaux, right? And as skirmish games have, have happened, this three by three is becoming quite popular. Um, but Fr- Frostgrave needs a lot of terrain. It does. Right, and when you think of it's supposed to be super dense, and the gameplay is supposed to be you're in a dense kind of city that there's there's basically no lanes over 24 inches long on ground level. Right? Yeah, it, of, it often describes you as just being inside of one building, just going through the different rooms of it in the missions. Yeah, and I see a lot of people posting on the Frostgrave uh, Facebook group or in in um, Reddit or other places where that one of the first questions when they're starting to play is is this enough terrain and the answer is always almost always no yeah (laughs) you need more terrain usually you say oh that's a good start oh you just need a little bit more maybe place them differently right i I got these three little buildings it's like yeah okay that's 12 (laughs) percent that would be discouraging to them so you want to be like yeah sure yeah, that's exactly the, the type of thing, right? Now, could you imagine if the game was 4x4? Four four? Like, that is, what, 9 square feet, and then you go up to 16 square feet? 
So, like, technically, when you think about it, oh, that's only one foot more on each edge. Mm-hmm. But that's actually, like, 50%, more, more than 50% more, yeah. right? Terrain you need from 9 to 16. So it's oh, it's almost double, actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the kind of thing, right? It becomes super hard, right? Uh Mm-hmm. That's why I built lots of walls in case we ever play four by four on my Frostgrave table. Well, we have, but that's that's yeah. what lets it work. Just a whole lot of walls. Yeah, exactly, right. But for a lot of people, uh, and for a lot of games, just getting getting the the game onto the table is really mm-hmm. hard, and and shrinking it down so that you can play these smaller ones allows you to have those, you know, less terrain to make it. Uh, easier for people to actually play yeah so thinking of like shrinking things because this mm-hmm. month Lege- legions imperialis came out aka epic reborn but did it come out this this month okay yeah. sure i think it's available to purchase not just pre-order yeah, all the reviews are they're, online they're it, like so. tiny yes so they they're like okay you want to play your big scale war game okay here you go we're just going to shrink the guys down, and now you can have your big forces flanking around each other. But I believe they switched the board size to 5x4. It might actually just be the same size as, which is actually 40. The new 40K. The new 40K, which is 44. Yeah. But people are just trying to abbreviate for 44 inches to 4 feet, because I haven't read mm-hmm. the rules yet. But that is still shrinking down from previous 6x4 yep. incarnations of all their games. So. Yeah, so... And- Again, the shrinking is still happening, right? Yeah, so the current 40K is now 44 by 60. So it used to be when we were playing 48 by 72. And re- I think it was 8th edition or was it 9th edition? It was some point they, they shrank it to 44 by 60. Mm-hmm. And I think we looked around and we're like, what, what is this weird size, right? But it's basically... Four kill team po- mats, aka four po- thirty by twenty two posters. Mm-hmm. Yes, so they make basically board game, uh, like board, like board game mats, which are just like board game boards with mm-hmm. print, print on them. And you take four of those and you put them together, and that becomes your uh, uh, Warhammer forty thousand uh, or, or Age of Sigmar ma- uh, gameplay mat, right? Yep. Yeah, and so, again, they're continually shrinking, and apparently the game works fine still, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently they have lots of vehicles and stuff like that. Why not shrink it if it can fit, right? It makes everything, again, a little bit easier. Even just, like, if you have, like, a large dining room table, how many of them are actually 48? No no dining table is 48. Are no, they? it's, just, I don't think it's impractically large. No, it's... Yeah. So you have to, if you even with the 4x4 board when we were playing Infinity and War Machine at my place, even though it was much easier now, I didn't need to have the extensions. I still needed some extensions for the the width, right, or or the other other dimension, just so that I could fit it on my table, which was mm-hmm. still a little bit of a pain in the ass. So uh, switching it to 44, I I think there are certain tables that are are there that are 44. That's pretty long still. Yeah, I don't really not expect that to be a <laughs> It's width. just for the poster boards. It's Fair just enough. the poster. They just did it because of that. Yeah. But the other thing that I, I said there that it kind of slid in uh, is I think 
I've praised this before, the one greatest thing uh, Games Workshop has innovated in the past five years, I guess besides Contrast Paints, uh, I don't even know if Contrast Paints are an innovation, uh, but the actual innovation that I think that they did is Kill Team mm -hmm. sized tables. Convincing people that they can play on a table that size. Uh, yeah, so it, exactly. On one poster, which was 22 by 30 inches. Now, a lot of games uh, would print out this poster and tell you to play on that poster on, on your intro battle game. But then mm -hmm. always say you need to eventually upscale. Like, this is just for demos. And then you should upscale to be, you know, whatever, 44 by like 48 by 48 or 36 by 36, right? But this is one of those games where they're, where they're like, you know what? We're designing a new game, and and uh, it's cheapest if we can just print it on the same poster size. Mm -hmm. So why not design the game to the poster size if we're creating a new one, rather than doing it the other way around, trying to make posters the size of a game that we originally had? So yeah, making, they make games. Making yep. four two-by-twos and selling them to people. And people have to put yep. out four little mats. No. Yeah. Nobody would have so wanted that. Yep. So they, instead, they just made the game 22 by 30. And it worked. Uh, well, the game was okay. It worked well enough. But the size of the board worked. Mm -hmm. Right? That size allowed you to move around. And you could easily, if they hadn't weren't so so obsessed with the making six inches or whatever the and 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 being able to run i think 2d6 okay they could have and making it as close as possible basically to the original uh uh oh. 40k like the edition mm -hmm. they could totally have made it work oh and they could have fact, cut guys speed down to four inches on average yeah hmm. exactly yep. to make it work more easily on that size and it would have worked totally fine right and in fact they did do that in their next version of the game, of, of the, the size uh, game, which was Warcry, right? So Warcry also played on the same size. And this entire line, this entire, like, ability to play on such a small board is so brilliant and so much easier for people to get into the game. Because mm -hmm. even compared to Infinity, which we say is, like, a lot less, uh, if you remember, we had our podcast about... Uh, cheap, the cheapest games, right, to get into. Yep. A lot of the other games that we love, even if they're uh, they had fewer models, like Frostgrave and Infinity, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the cost comes from just filling that table with terrain. Yeah, even though it's a skirmish game, like the skirmish game can demand lots of terrain. Whereas if you're yep. playing like one of those open field Napoleonic things, you're just like we're just going to move towards each other here. Yep. But when your table is only 22 by 30, again, that is like a lot less square square inches mm -hmm. to fill with terrain. You need a lot less terrain to fill that board. Yep. But, yeah, the earlier concern, though, is if they're only selling you like that one pack of your kill team, like how much money can they make off of you? But they seem to have done a thing where they're like, now, okay, we'll just keep releasing terrain sets. So if you have more money left in your pocket, okay, throw money at our terrain. Yes, and each because it's only a 22 by 30 board, mm -hmm. they can in one terrain set sell a full a full board of terrain, which I don't think they games generally have done that before. 
right? Because yeah. even a 36 by 36, even like, uh, you know, Frostgrave, mm-hmm. which is, you know, my favorite game out there, you just you just couldn't get enough terrain in one box, right? The sheer weight of that box would be crazy, yeah. Sorry? The sheer weight of that box of Sprueplast would be crazy. Like, Mantic yeah. doesn't make that product. Even Mantic won't be like, yeah, here's yeah. a 3 by 3 board in a box. They're like, no. No, you need a lot yeah, of boxes. There's, there's a line called Battlefield in a Box, mm-hmm. uh, which has reasonably priced terrain. But because most games need so much terrain, it's not one battlefield. You have to buy multiple battlefields in a box to fill up a battlefield, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas because of... But at the same time, 22 by 30, now it's much more doable, right? To buy enough terrain to in, at a price point that is reasonable or have combi- combination boxes like, like Kill Team where you have all the terrain that you need to play in the game in the box with the miniatures. It's, it's at a price point that people will actually pay for. Yeah, I think Infinity. Might, you think Infinity realized that after Kill Team was doing it because they started origi- Infinity originally just released like lightweight paper terrain, but then started moving towards like heavy card terrain in their two-player boxes. Then just broke it out so you could buy more packs of it plus variant yep. packs of it to give you some more variety. Maybe that was inspired by Kill Team, where they're like, okay, sure, we're not selling you that many miniatures, but now like people have a demand for the terrain, and the board yep. is small enough that people aren't going to balk at like opening their wallet to buy from like not just having to homebrew cheap stuff but they can afford like the table small enough they can afford to buy pre-made terrain to get the game on the board rather than waiting another few months to paint terrain yeah i think actually four by four is actually somewhat holding infinity back in that that dimension i think mm-hmm. um because to fill up a infinity board four by four board you need like three sets of that terrain Right. Yep. Now, if it was only two sets, right, you buy that in the extension, right, which would mean you, you'd be playing a smaller game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be great, right? You buy the main box, then you buy the extension box for like of terrain for thirty bucks, and then you're good to go, right? Mm-hmm. But how much terrain do you need to be able to do that? You need to cut your your board down to like three by three. Basically. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be much smaller. Yep. Which that's the thing, right? Even four by four. Now that I'm think, now that I, you know, I've been playing these smaller games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, ideally speaking, right, the ability to get people to actually play it on the on on the table is much harder. And the other thing with uh, three by or, or thirty inches by twenty two or or even thirty six by twenty four uh, is you can play it on a kitchen table. Yeah, almost all it. kitchen tables. Or the fold-out um, tables you can pack away. Like, say you don't want to keep yeah. your kitchen table used up all the time, like we do. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. you actually seem to clear us up better than I do, but I seem to have a larger kitchen table. It's not soft, just covered with miniatures. But if you want to say have a place to eat... because I have another table with miniatures filled with it, filled yeah. on it. I just never clear off. My yeah. desk is the size of your desk, and it's still... Anyways, okay, they're all covered enough. in miniatures. But let's say you wanted to use your dining table for eating... And you just want to have uh-huh. some sort of fold-out temporary table for your gaming. Something two; those are usually yeah. two feet wide. So all those games that have now started creating that, like the 22 size, the 24 size, you can just like mm-hmm. keep those set up overnight if you wanted to. That's totally true. It's so much easier. You don't need the extensions. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like playing that 22 by 30 and not having to break out my my table extensions is awesome. 
mm-hmm. it, it's so much better, right? It's just so much easier to get on the table, right? Like whenever you're you're playing a miniatures game, there's a lot of, uh, or you you're, you you're doing it and you're trying to to think about what you're gonna play. You're either gonna play this or play video games with your friends when someone comes over, or uh, or play a board game. Just setting that extra table out and having to break out those boards yeah. is an extra barrier to get people to play, right? It just makes mm-hmm. it so much harder. And, like, it just makes it a bigger lift. And I'm not saying that in, the miniatures can't do that lift, but the fact that you have to put on extra-sized boards, which have nothing to do with setting up terrain and, and, and looking cool, mm-hmm. is just another thing that means that the actual gameplay has to be that much better than board games and video games for people to actually decide to do that instead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like your video games, it's somewhere, it's like a separate space. Like you go behind you, you sit on your couch, you play video games, then you can move to your table to eat, then you can go back. But the, the big scale war games demand like so much space. You can't give them that separate area you can give to like a game that fits on one little table, yeah. like like board games, like card games. And if you live in, like, if you don't have your own house with your own special dedicated room, <laughs> uh, remove the guest room, just have a gaming room, right? Uh, then, yeah, then you're not going to be able to play those kind of games. It makes it so much harder, right? Yeah. So that's why I think the 22 by 30 thing is so brilliant and so uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, in game stores, like game stores being able to provide you a six by four table, that's like a huge amount of space they have to be able to offer. If they have mm-hmm. like a small store that doesn't have like a basement with an extra level or they don't have like a huge extra gaming space, if they just want to like reuse the space that people play Magic the Gathering or board games at and let exactly. miniature gamers use the space as well, they can actually, like a two foot max wide game, you can let the miniature gamers into that space. Yep. I think that is a huge thing, considering actually for for miniature, uh, sorry, for um, hobby shops, Magic and those card games are so big and often the main sell. Being able to have a 22 by 30 alternate game that can go in and, and have your customers play in your store using that same thing without having to have a dedicated uh, room. Or having to do like tear that, down to take the tabletops yeah. off and divide all the tables up, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. And so that's why I've been thinking, like, 24 inches wide, I feel like is in some ways the maximum these for, like, it's mm-hmm. like the future of miniature gaming. And so that is why I think uh, our game, right, we wanted to have a, a larger space. Uh, so we made it 24 inches by 36 inches. Right? Yeah, we also don't intend to sell posters. They, they clearly intend to like, <laughs> sell a box, and that's the size yeah. of paper they can produce affordably, which, yeah, they have to do yes. that. But if you're making yeah. things yourself, then... Yeah, and technically our game will work on a 22 by 30. It's just 24 by 36, just easier to, to say. Yeah, and people can go and buy the 3 foot by 3 foot mats and just yep. drape them over a table, cut some space off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is... You know, we designed the game in that way, and two by three, it it just fits on my kitchen table. I don't have to. I do have to clear away a little bit of room because we got to put my computer and stuff like that. Uh, but it actually, it's a large space, 
you hmm. still have the ability to flank because it's three feet, feet wide. But the 24 inches deep often is how much gameplay you'll see in a lot of games. Uh, actually, you actually end up having in the in a game, right? Yeah, yeah you, can go, you can go behind someone's army in that time if you have fast troops or if you really dedicate yourself to it. But you probably weren't going to like make a circle around their whole army. In the course of a game, a guy could go all the way around to the back, given like their typical speeds, if your opponent doesn't try and stop them. Yeah, and so it, it, it kind of works in the scale of our game, which is maximum 12 units, but mostly around 7, seven to 9 units, right? Yep. That's the that's the size of these armies. And when you have that, 24 by 36 is actually a decent amount, giving you the ability, like you said, to flank with faster troops. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you see games where they have these wide, large spaces, but they don't mean anything because everyone just starts far away. And then they immediately move four inches, they right? Rush to the center. And then suddenly, the the, yeah, exactly. And then the four inches on on or, or on either side or six inches on either side is just dead space, right? The original deployment zone, right? Mm-hmm. And this definitely happens for skirmish games a lot, like uh, fantasy games, because melee combat is so much more important than range combat in general. Yeah. So those sizes just don't matter as much, right? Well, yeah, I'm just thinking of Arena Rex right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, what, where does yes. everybody meet in the middle in full combat? Because there's no ranged attacks. Yep. Like, Arena Rex is really small. But the size they have does matter. Because certain guys, if you try to flank them, because flanking is good in that game, mm-hmm. to pin troops between your guys, if you go the wrong yep. way and they shift, that guy's actually out of play for a long time, even though the board's pretty small. So, like, Yep. And that, I guess, is the final, I guess, small size besides, I guess, 22 by 22, which might happen. Uh, Two feet by two feet. Games like Arena Rex and Mm -hmm. I think Relic Blade. And I think there's a lot of games that are coming out that are like extra small. Oh, Dead Zone is also two feet by two feet, right? That's a sci-fi game with spaces. (laughs) Divided into like three by three squares. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. And... That's uh, 24 by, so two feet by two feet. And these are very, very easy to play and fit for the exact same thing, even smaller in many ways, right? Um, but they work, especially, like you said, Arena Rex, it is a gladiator game with the, it, within the def- definition of the game and, and the size. It doesn't even feel small, right? Mm-hmm. You're a bunch of gladiators walking around. It feels correct because, you know, you play an arena, <laughs> Yeah, and so the idea of the arena is that size. Yeah. And the nice thing about the two foot wide board is I finally went and made a fully like textured board because it's easy yeah. to get two foot wide boards of styrofoam or wood or anything else like that. That's true. And even if you didn't have a car, you could be like, okay, I get on the bus, I go and pick up this two foot by four foot sheet, and I just carry it home, and it's pretty reasonable. Like it's not too heavy, it's yeah. not too big. You can just bring material like that back and build a board. So. That's it's actually nice to, nice to be able to make yeah. something like that, and it's not too hard to store either. Yeah, so now that there are actually games out there that are, I guess, not not super popular, but decently popular at 2x2, two two, what do you think about the ability for more games, I guess, to be in that size? Uh, and where where could we go now, considering that 2x2 two two is is, you know, there as well. So I think Legion's Imperialis actually inspires me to think that maybe more people who want to have like mass battle games 
we'll just say, okay, let's scale down the miniatures and we'll scale down the board. Like, there's no reason that Legion's Imperialis has to have that many guys on the board other than the fact that it kind of looks cool to have lots of guys on the board and they can sell you more product. But mm-hmm. reasonably, they could just shrink shrink the board size too and shrink the number of models and get it on a smaller board. And they could up the complexity yeah. of the rules at that point because from the very few things I've read about it, it's mostly just around positioning and taking buildings and like objective points. But because mm-hmm. if you have that many guys on the board, how you don't want that much bookkeeping. But you could make the game more complicated by cutting out troops, and you could have a really interesting game there at a smaller scale. Not that I like painting that size of miniatures, but for people mm-hmm. who like the tactics and the look of a big army scale game, I think there's a big space that could be worked with to shrink the space of a mass battle game. Yeah, I do think being able to shrink things down to two by three as a as a general thing and design and keeping those as design parameters, you can play mm-hmm. a lot of different games by uh, focusing them on a certain part of the game. Of course, you can't have like, like, like you were saying before, like the entire 40k army that you have. But if you were to shrink it down to, let's say, the two titans, like each side has, I don't know, an an, an avatar or a or a uh, versus, um, I don't know, a, a primarch, right, in the center mm-hmm. or something like that in the yep. center, right, fighting, and then you have just the immediate area around that. You could play that on a two by three and still have things showing up and do that kind of stuff with those parameters, right? Yeah, they'd have to give you, you some directions. St- they have to give you some directions about terrain to make sure they sell you terrain that blocks the view between things, so it's not this just you stand there and shoot back and forth mm-hmm. or sell it to you. Yep, and getting you know being able to get the game, especially if you're talking about small games, like getting people to actually try the game, put it on the table. The smaller the table, the easier it is to get on. Like the less things they have to do around the game, besides the actual game and the specific core miniatures or or terrain that they really care about, which is what they want to you know what they want to paint or do to get it on the table. Right, removing all the small different artifacts that are technically in the game, just so that you can focus on that kind of core premise, right? That core miniature. You finish, let's say, the avatar, and you put it on the table, and that's that's the thing, right? And you have a, mm-hmm. a couple of guys, right? I feel like that still has some room to go. I feel like we have a lot more games in that 24 by 24 space or 22 by 30, right? The, the, the kill team space. Uh, we can still, I think, push and especially like you said if you just scale down the miniatures uh you can (laughs) you can make them even bigger war games right just playing on that two by two by three equivalent being you know a four by four by six right if it's two by three so uh i really do think uh there's a lot of future in that and so i think we're not quite done with the uh, shrinkage in terms of gameplay, in terms of more games coming in on these smaller smaller sizes. Yeah, because BattleTech I think has inspired people to do lots of other like their own lines of miniatures and their own games in that scale. Mm-hmm. None of them have like super appealed to me. Honestly, if Legion's Perios was on a smaller board with fewer miniatures, I think I would have more inclined to jump into it just because the the effort to build and paint a whole army and a whole table would have been like not. I wouldn't see it as a huge investment but for the scale yeah. that they've created it at i'm like mm, i can't be willing to like create a, the size of project this will be so 
Oh, well. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, that's because Games Workshop needs to uh, trying to maximize sale of product, right? When you're talking about indie, though, indie mm-hmm. games, these people are making games that, that you know, that we just want you to play, right? Mm-hmm. So because of that, the push to sell more product is not as much there, and it's more focused on getting people, uh, making it easy enough for people to actually get the game, the, the the games on the tabletop. And in that case, doing exactly what you're saying, shrinking the the, the game so the miniatures are small, and then having, uh, you know, having it easy to play just on the same spot as people who play board games play, mm-hmm. right? Especially board games have had the exact opposite thing where there's like board <laughs> game inflation growing. the boards are yeah. so big now right mm-hmm. it's, they're, they're meeting i feel like two by three is where they're going to meet the <laughs> where they're going to meet fit on your kitchen table play and especially as i feel like uh 3d printing happens so you can have much smaller kind of games with with much smaller minis getting printed off and and, and doing that yep. um i think there's a lot of space in that um indie market for these small games to, to happen and grow and flourish yeah i think there's hope for games workshop too because like we saw 40k had kill team spawn off mm-hmm. age of sigma really well and war cry spinoff so maybe it makes sense that they start with the big scale legions Perialis, and then they create the little epic version that can fit on the same size board who knows maybe there was some hope for that to exist <laughs> yeah little epic yeah uh, maybe maybe little epic Maybe it'll happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think uh, we'll see how it goes goes forward. And and, um, and I hope that I can play a lot more games without having to break up my giant uh, table extenders just so that we can play more. And also convince more of our friends who are not necessarily into miniature gaming to try it out. Because it seems less daunting when you don't have to break out extra boards and extra space just to play it, right? Yeah, it seems a lot more similar to a board game. Doesn't seem like a lifestyle, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it is, but you want to trick them, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I guess that's where we'll leave it. So uh, if you have any thoughts on uh, board game sizes, where you think the future is going to be, um, whether you think 2x3 is even, for the, the game size that we have for our game is too big, uh, still too big, and whether you would uh, it, you would be convinced to play it if it was even smaller, maybe seven, even... With 7 to 12 guys? Maybe, who knows? 1 foot by 1 foot. Can a game be 1 foot by 1 foot and still fun to play? Can it be two boat size worth of terrain and still be fun to play? Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm actually someone, someone that's a thought game. I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. Two pirate ships fighting, and they're just docked to each other, right? And then that's the entire game board. That's what I've been thinking about as well. Mm. We'll see if that happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if we create that. What was the game that you bought? Blood and Plunder. No, but there's another one. The one where you're playing in the docks. The Carnivale. Carnivale. That sounds like that game. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. One day we'll play we'll that see. and talk about that. It'll be Carnivale like Skirmish, which yeah. is like Skirmish Skirmish. So it's even smaller. It's three guys just punching each other on a little mm-hmm. tugboat. It's your Blood yeah. and Plunder boat in Carnivale. <laughs> yeah, it'll, 
We'll play it. It'll be a mess. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to talk to us about that or have any other questions, give us a shout. Uh, you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye.